Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this young lady back. She's a doctor. She's a physician. It's Azada Katibi, MD. I- I'm sure I was close on that. How are you, Doc? It's good to see you again. Oh, Joe, it's always great to see you, and thank you for having me on your show. I'm excited to talk about all the stuff that's happened since we last saw each other. Yeah, it's been a long time. Now, we stay in contact in between, which I really appreciate. You've been working really hard for the American people, for doctors and and nurses and the medical profession, just to be able to have free speech. You live in California. I don't know why. i got to talk you out of living in California, but you're fighting the good fight, and you just had a win against Gavin Newsom and the establishment there. Let's just try to start from the start. I first met you by seeing a picture of you on Twitter, now X, with a, a piece of masking tape over your, over your mouth because there was a push in California and other places to stop medical professionals like you from, a, from actually giving opinions and diagnoses. That's really where this started, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, What happened is in California, they took it to the extreme. What was happening in the federal government level with the campaign to try to silence people, um, uh, kind of, and the worry about misinformation was filtering down to California. They took it to an extreme and made AB 2098, the medical censorship law that said that any doctor that um, speaks against consensus contrary to standard of care um, can get investigated and have their license taken away. That caused a lot of chilled speech among doctors, and I saw it. I thought this is wrong, and we need to fight it. So we fought it. What blows my mind is that they they almost like, and I'm not going to ask you what your thoughts on climate change. I've got my own thoughts on climate change, but they claim there's a 97% consensus. There isn't, and there are still people arguing about what's happening with our cycles and weather. There isn't a consensus about COVID-19 either, and there certainly wasn't when they started this move to censor people like you because we weren't allowed to say hydroxychloroquine, even though it works. We weren't allowed to say ivermectin, even though it worked. We had to say what the government said was the standard, um, and the government doesn't know as much as people like you know i found it to be outlandish from from word one and, and I'm, I'm guessing that's what tweaked your interest you went wait a second why would somebody in government try to tell me a trained doctor what they don't know and and tell me what i can say i mean i remember it was spring of 2020 when i heard um i believe it was scott jensen someone who was a a, a person in government who also saying that he was being attacked and being reported to the medical board for questioning the infection fatality rate of COVID or something like that. And I was shocked. I, I was I was shocked by the reactivity. And then once I saw it was actually being fed by the government, um, it became even more concerning. And of course, the media itself is a machine that feeds on fear, some people in the media, yeah. um, some systems in the media. And um, it was really disturbing to see how that trickled down into the psyche of some physicians, but then other physicians, it made them become small and quiet and not say what they believe. That is frightening. And then with the introduction of legislation to actively chill the speech of doctors, which is a First Amendment violation, it's a constitutional violation, um, uh, it made it even worse in California. It's crazy. Yeah, Dr. Scott Jensen from Minnesota, we've had him on several times. He mm. won his case in Minnesota, thankfully. Um, and you now have won. Your, well, you didn't really win. They just quietly repealed it. We'll get into to when that happened. It's Dr. Azeda Khadibi. Go and follow her on Twitter. Is it just your first last name on Twitter? How do we get people to follow you there? Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Azeda Khatibi. A-Z-A-D-E-H-K-H-A-T-I-B-I. Go and follow her right now. She's a great follower. She's been working hard. I love the pictures of you out in front of the, the United States Capitol. I think those were awesome. So um, this literally in, in action, if I were your patient and I came to see you mm-hmm. and I said, Doc, what do you think is going on? You would have to check some government paper that said what you were allowed to say to me. You couldn't give me an actual diagnosis or your medical opinion, which, by the way, I don't have to take. I can now go and get a second opinion if I want. And the next doctor might say the same thing or might say something different. Would it have forced you to say only what the government allowed you to say? 
Well, the question was doctors didn't even know. The, the point is the doctors didn't even know what they could or could not say, Wow. right? And so when you don't know and you're sitting in this fear, then you just kind of are small, you play small and you say basically what the mainstream governmental uh, opinion is because you don't want your livelihood taken away. You don't want your license taken away, what you've worked for years to get. And I think it's important to also understand the neuropsychology of doctors and uh, the kind of people who go into medicine and, and generally, and then the kind of people and how the system trains you, it generally trains you to be a follower. And usually people who go into it are people who like security and comfort. They're not the giant risk takers who go and become entrepreneurs until later on in life, for example, maybe they mature, they gain new skill sets, or they realize there's other ways to be. Right. But the system actually promotes an indoctrination of, of following of being a follower and um, and not, not not taking giant risks. So um, with understanding the neuropsychology of the kind of people who tend to go in medicine, um, then you can see how this kind of law would, would actually change the what we think is um, consensus because the people who would otherwise speak out are not speaking out. And right. so then you get this false um, consensus, this illusion of consensus. So the government wasn't telling us what we could or could not say. I mean, the CDC was saying some things, and the, um, but but the, the the not knowing what you could or could not say also made it like even more chilling. Yeah, well, you just doctors. made an, you just made an amazing point. How can you say it's a consensus if many voices aren't included in in what the result is? You can't. It's not a consensus. It's just the wrong word to use. You literally had government agencies making decisions from from what they were getting from Big Pharma that was making billions of dollars over selling different medications. And we were hiding things like the DOD was saying what the mortality rate was. We were, we were, we were seeing people that were medical examiners calling it a COVID death when somebody jumped off a bridge. We had all sorts of wrong information that was from the agencies that were trying to control you. So you fought this. How did you fight it? In California specifically, you've been speaking out against this and was it like in the dark of night where they repealed this completely how did this happen so um you know at first i just started speaking out because at a certain point and i i kind of had set out to universe or to consciousness or whatever just made the declaration that i want to get the ability and the skill set and the maturity to be able to speak even if i have some fear or that somebody will attack me or uh, you know affect my livelihood or my family i want to be able to and over time over those two years i gained that strength kind of through active ways and even more passive ways that the change occurred inside of me. And then I started speaking out and I started trying to engage with the political process and speak with my representatives, but it wasn't getting me anywhere. Yeah. Um, and so then as I started even speaking out even more against Gavin Newsom, against the, le the legislation, Gavin Newsom wasn't speaking out against it um, and he ultimately ended up signing it. Um, um, then the opportunity came for uh, us to uh, have a lawsuit with some brilliant doctors as my co-plaintiffs with the New Civil Liberties Alliance, which is a nonprofit um, uh, legal foundation to, to actually go against this law. We met with a judge. Uh, we had a hearing in January 2023, earlier this year, and the judge called it out. He, he came to court, he was prepared, and he said, this law, the language of law is nonsense, to paraphrase him. And nice. he saw it. And so he granted us a preliminary injunction. And over these past nine months or so, we've still been speaking out about it. Um, the judge said he would have make a ruling by the end of the year. The government, the California government, had through other similar lawsuits for, against this law, made it look, it was looking like they were going to lose. And so um, now that COVID has kind of quieted down, uh, the Democrats very quietly earlier in September put in language on another bill that reappealed 
the law altogether. Wow. So even though they passed this law, even though Gavin Newsom signed it, then they went and they tried to cover up their tracks and get rid of the law. Gavin Newsom told one of my friends a couple weeks ago, it was my idea to reappeal the law, and it never should have passed in the first place. That's he signed what he it. What is he talking? He signed it in the first place. What? Exactly. He signed it in the first place. So if you thought that it was like never should have been passed, why did you sign it in the first place? He's trying to make himself look good for a potential presidential run. Well, imagine that. It's uh, Dr. Azad Kadibi. Uh, go and follow her. A Z A D E H K H. A-T-I-B-I, over on Twitter, on X, whatever you call it now. So uh, so the lawsuit goes away because they repealed it. It's gone, uh, which which makes perfect sense. Does the lawsuit continue? Are you still aggrieved or not? Um, so we uh, are going to – we're waiting to hear if the judge is going to um, still uh, make a ruling or okay. if they're going to declare it moot. We'll see, and we'll just kind of go with the flow. Um, I'm still fighting for physicians' rights in California through another right. lawsuit. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with this. And I just learned to just kind of go with the flow, act in the way that I believe is best, and then see what unfolds. By the way, I don't believe you. You, you lied to me a little while ago, saying that you didn't have the strength or you had to find the strength or something. Whatever, Azita. Come on. Oh, I mean, uh, honestly, you've been so so out front of this. You've been unafraid from the beginning. You've asked for people to pray for the movement from the beginning, and a lot of us have joined you because we really like that you're the face and the voice and and the name behind this. You put your entire career, your entire, you put everybody at risk that you're near, and and you did it for good reason. And it's going to end up benefiting everybody, not only in California but across the country and across the world. So let's take that strength that, yeah, you didn't have it, whatever. Um, but let's take that strength now to Washington, D.C. I just yeah. saw the pictures of you out in front of the Capitol. There is a subcommittee in the, in the Congress, in the House, that wants to know more about COVID-19, the lies, the misinformation, the disinformation, and the actual knowledge that we need to have going forward. How did that go? First of all, how did you end up uh, appearing in front of the committee? You know, you take a step forward and then other things unfold, as I said. So I've been doing my advocacy work. And um, so the select subcommittee um, noticed it and thought I had something worthwhile to add to the conversation. So they graciously invited me uh, to speak before Congress uh, in front of the congressional subcommittee. And so I spoke about how the federal government, with its censorship arm, um, acting in a very unethical way, uh, and especially in an emergent situation. It's so important to follow those ethical principles when there's an emergency or apparent emergency, yes. but they didn't. They So they double down on suppression. They double down on control. They double down on manipulation. And the downstream toxic effects of that was a momentum in California. And so I spoke about that. And I spoke about what we discussed earlier about consensus and how, and I, and I pointed out that it's normal and natural for doctors to disagree on a topic and you need discussion and debate. But when right. you suppress that, um, it creates a toxic situation and there changes than, in, than what it would have otherwise been. And so I, I spoke about it. It seemed like people really were affected by it. And I hope that it did whatever it could to move the needle. I, I have to say I was um, pretty disappointed because when I was in front of the subcommittee, I saw that the representatives, a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them were speaking at each other instead of really listening to each other. There was a lot of grandstanding. And I would think that you would have a, a, a different level of maturity than what I saw. Well, when you have an expert in front of you who's willing to speak out, you know, openly about this, you should probably listen to what she has to say. And that's too bad that they're playing politics like that, but I'm so glad that you went and appeared. But let me ask you about, very timely when you spoke, because now there's a push to mask again. Now there's a push, there's some new variant that Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough tell me is not anything you have, even have to think about. But the government wants to pretend there's a new variant that you need a new booster for, you need a new shot. I haven't gotten any shots, and I'm fine. I've had COVID at least once. 
ivermectin and, and some D3 and some zinc got me out of it very quickly. I was off the air one day, and I'm not somebody who's, you know, 20 years old. So we have to take a breath and realize that we went through a lot of mis- and disinformation before. What do you think about what's being told to us now by central government? It appears as though they're trying to ramp us up again. Um, you know, I'm, I, I have lost a lot of faith in them as a transparent, um, in the CDC, as a transparent, honest communicator that's ethical. So uh, I take whatever they say um, with a high index of suspicion. Okay. I think it's important. I think it's important for us to follow um, the data. I think it's important for us to come to things with a centered mind and body and spirit and uh, then allow our cognitive processes instead, instead of our fight or flight from taking hold and then to also to, for the government uh, institutions to act in a way uh, different than how they have. And since there hasn't been any accountability or honesty, transparency, uh, willingness to engage in deep, meaningful dialogue, you know, as opposed to just talking, talking at somebody, because of that, I don't have trust in these systems anymore. Right. And we need to have radical systematic systemic changes getting and kind of untangling from um, the, the, the bio medical industrial complex and untangling yeah. government away from that. Well, there shouldn't be anybody in government who, who, or who recently served in government who's on any board of directors at any, at any pharmaceutical company. That doesn't make sense. Or any pharma person who then goes to government right away because, again, you're working in cahoots. What's unfair about this entire thing, and I wonder if you can give me your, your thoughts on this. You just alluded to it. You just did pretty well in answering what I'm about to ask again. But in our lives, we trust our spouses, our families, our close friends. We trust our doctors. We've been told to go find a good doctor that you trust. Make sure you go back to him or her every single time. You know this person knows your history. They're going to tell you the truth every time. And the NIH lied to us constantly. The CDC lied to us constantly. The FDA lied to us. Burks and Fauci lied to us. And not one of them, Doc, has come out and said, you know what? We screwed up. We didn't mean to do that. We, we had the best information we had. They haven't done that. They're just quietly changing, like they repealed this thing in the dark of night in California. You know, quietly, Fauci said, well, yeah, there is increased risk of, of myocarditis from the shots. Okay, so maybe there is. I didn't say mask, but then I did say mask. I never said shut down the government, but I did say shut down the economy. These people have never come out and said, man, we really messed up, or we had wrong information. I, th I feel like we need that to gain that trust back, don't we? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you ever want to have healing within the individual or in within a social unit or society, you need to have a feeling of safety um, and you need to feel safe. And when you have uh, trauma, because this was trauma that was done on the American people right. where they were emotionally traumatized by mandates, they were emotionally traumatized by lockdowns yes. and the economic uh, lockdowns, the economic consequences affects health. Like we know this stuff. So when you've had this much damage, this level, and by people in government with, I mean, I guess you could call it a colonial mindset or whatever mindset it is where you uh, strategize to actively keep people down, censor them, manipulate information, um, and do poor science, you need to make radical changes and yes. say, we were wrong about this, we were wrong about that, we could have done this better, this better, this better, in the future we're gonna make this kind of change, we're getting rid of this person because they really manipulated stuff, you know, and have that level of accountability for their actually, for, for people to feel safe and for their then to, to put the guard down and then to be able to listen. And frankly, some doctors, 
um, were not trustworthy because they didn't take the time to actually do their own independent thinking. Right. And they and they just blindly followed CDC. So well said. It's Dr. Azada Khatibi, A-Z-A-D-E-H-K-H-I, or K-H-A-T-I-B-I. Go and follow her right now over on X, over on Twitter. You've done God's work for everybody watching and listening for the entire country, maybe for the entire world. And I thank God for you and for your strength in your voice. Thanks so much. Doc, come back on soon. Stop being a stranger. All right. Thank you so much for uh, creating this space for us to have these conversations, Joe. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Good to see you. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Hi, great to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. It's the Joe Pag Show. We appreciate Dr. Katibi coming on. It's A Z A D E H K H A T I B I. Go and follow her over on Twitter. I think that she's shadow banned. I'll be honest with you. I think she's shadow banned because she dared speak out against the ridiculous machinery that controls all things medical. Can you imagine going to a doctor in California and having that doctor say, I think I know what's going on with you, but I can't say it. I've got to read this piece of paper from the government. <laughs> they just That would be ridiculous. So I'm glad that she's done what she did. I'm glad that she went in front of a, con- a congressional subcommittee as well, although they argued instead of really listened very well. And we need more people with voices like hers. Go follow her over on uh, Twitter. We'll have her on again um, uh, very soon. In the meantime, make sure you stop by TikTok. If you're on the TikToks, again, do it on a safe uh, um, device. Make sure you don't give up any of your data. It's Joe Pags, J-O-E-P-A-G-S. Over on Instagram and on YouTube, it's Joe, pa- uh, Joe Talk Show, J-O-E. T-A-L-K-S-H-O-W. You follow all those places. You're going to get the short videos that I do where I yell, come on, at the end of them. And I think that you're going to enjoy them. All right? 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Scroll down to the bottom if you want to uh, contact us via email. We'll have the Matt Gates interview. If you missed that, we had him on tonight. We'll have that interview. Victoria Sparts up there as well. Plus, uh, Azara Khatibi. We'll have all of that up on Rumble later on tonight. For Sam, for Polo, for Carrie, I'm Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.